Hey there, future friends! This week we ask ourselves, where's my granddaughter? Who's my wife? And who is the killer? This is the week of February 11th, 2022, and you are listening to the Future Flicks with Billiam podcast. That's right, everyone. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Or if it's your first time, welcome to the show. My name is Billiam, and on this show, I do some things. We, we do some things here. And if I ever say we, I mean the royal we. The royal we does things. What I do is I talk about all of the movies coming out during the week. Every single one that I can find out about. Do I miss some? Yeah, I miss some once in a while. But I think I'm pretty good about it. And what I do is I tell you about the movies, including their name, what it's about, and who's in it. And for those movies I deem worthy, where the trailers wowed me, or every single big streaming or nationwide release, I also give my thoughts on the movies, and then I give it a score, which I call the Billiams Interest Level Score, or the Bill Score, which can go anywhere from a zero for those horrible, horrible films, to an 11 for those films that just make me so happy that I am a movie fan. But before we start that, my friends recently, as in yesterday, my wife and I rewatched Ghostbusters Afterlife, and I'm so proud that I cried once and almost cried another time. So that's better than the five times, I think, my first viewing. And I'm very happy to report that it was just as good the next time around. It is a quality movie. It is just a really good film. If you haven't seen it, check out my Ghostbusters Afterlife review. I still 100% stand by it. I don't think I would take a single thing back. My friends, let me start with the first segment, which is the limited release section. Uh, In this section, I tell you about the movie, but then I won't always give a thought on it, and there's no score, so it's a little bit quicker. So let's start with Fabian going to the dogs, 1930s Berlin. Dr. Jacob Fabian, who works by day in advertising for a cigarette company and by night wanders the streets of the city, falls in love with an actress. As her career begins to blossom, prospects for his future begin to wane. This is a movie from Germany. And when movies like this come out, where the trailer just looks so either odd or boring, I really want to know, did the creator of this film, did whoever was behind it, whoever the mastermind was, did they watch that trailer and go, yes, this perfectly translates my vision to a small snippet that will grab people's attention? I, I sure hope not. Next up, we have one called Ronnie's, a chronicle of the life of saxophonist Ronnie Scott and his world-famous London Jazz Club. So yes, this is a documentary if you're into jazz Definitely check this out. Apparently, this place called Ronnie's, which I've never heard of, uh, the who's who of the jazz world has played there. And it's not so much about the club, really, as it's about Ronnie, though it does dive into the club a bit. You know, this does definitely look interesting, and I like some jazz. Of course, the classic jazz and 
and of course the legends, but I just don't think I would appreciate it enough for this movie to really be worth my time. Next up, we have a movie called Catch the Fair One. A former champion boxer embarks on the fight of her life when she goes in search of her missing sister. This stars real-life boxing champ Kali Reese, or Callie, maybe Callie Reese, and also starring Kevin Dunn from the movie Dave, and Lisa Emery from Ozark. And this was one of the two movies in the limited section that I kind of struggled with, where it could be good. This could be interesting, but it just feels like they grabbed a Liam Neeson movie plot and just shoved this real-life boxer into it. It has the bonus of being a female-led movie, and she's the female of color, so that definitely is some positives. But the problem is, even though it's more inclusive than other movies similar to it, it just still looks eh. So this one I'm going to skip. Next up, we have a movie called Here Before. When a new family moves in next door to Laura and her family, their young daughter, Megan, quickly captivates her, stirring up painful memories of her own daughter, Josie, who died several years previously. This stars Andrea Riceborough from Birdman or The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance, Junjo O'Neill from Pennyworth, Eileen O'Higgins from Brooklyn, and Martin McCann from The Pacific. And again, right here we have this movie where it's it feels very familiar, where we have this mother grieving and something is off about this new little girl or this new family who moves in and she just she thinks that it has something to do with her daughter. And the question is, does it really or is she just crazy? Uh, it's been seen before. Next up, a film called Indemnity. Theo Abrams is an ex-Cape Town fireman suffering from severe post-traumatic stress disorder. Theo's world is rocked when one morning he wakes up next to his wife's murdered corpse with no recollection of what transpired and all evidence suggesting that he's the killer. This is a movie from South Africa. And it is a very common plot, and I would have wanted to watch it because it's a South African movie and I haven't seen one of those, but, or I have, I think I have. Either way, it just didn't look that good. I hated to say it. And my future friends, with this new show format, we're actually almost done with the uh, limited movies. If you've been around a while, if you've listened to the show before, tell me what you think of the quicker show format. Do you miss when the shows used to be an hour, hour, 10 minutes, hour, 20 minutes long? Or do you like this? I prefer it because I think it makes the show snappier and it makes more people more willing to give it some time. But as always, let me know what you think. But the next movie in the limited section is called The Pact. The intense friendship between Karen Blixen, who sounds like a reindeer, the Danish author best known for her autobiographical novel Out of Africa, and Thorkild Bjornvig, a young promising poet. So this is a movie that stars no one of note out of Denmark, supposedly based on a true story about this about this woman who wrote this very famous book, Out of Africa is very famous. But it's one of those famous books you'll have a hard time finding someone who's actually read, because I I think I own it. Uh, my mom owns the movie. I've seen the movie, but I, I I've never read it. And so this is about her relationship with this poet. And how she, even though the poet's married, she brings him into her house as like, hey, I will help you with your writing if you help me with, I, I don't know, stuff. And then eventually she starts to really want to sink her claws in him going, no, you should be with me. 
you should leave your wife and get with me, my old ass. So if you want to watch a movie from Denmark about this older woman trying to get with his younger guy and get in between his relationship with his wife, yeah, sure, check this out. Do your thing. I won't judge. And finally, in the limited section, we have the movie called Those Who Walk Away. After Max and Avery meet on a social media app for a first date, they end up at a haunted house only to realize the trauma they share may either save them or erupt into an unforgettable nightmare. This stars Boo Boo Stewart from The Twilight Saga. And this was the other movie that almost made it into the wide releases in Interesting Indies because for the first half of the trailer, it looked really interesting because we have these people who are on a first date and they really seem to be hitting it off. They really seem to have this great chemistry. I like them. I liked them right off the bat. And then they were talking about going to a movie and she's like, hey, hey, guess what? Instead of going to a horror movie, how about I take you to a real life haunted house? And she takes him there and then he gets locked in. And I don't think she's there for it because I think she's in on it. Because in the trailer, she knows all about the entity that's haunting this house and goes, oh, hey, you know, once a year, if we give him a sacrifice, he'll just stay in the house. But then the second half of the trailer, it, it gets a little weird. And I couldn't quite tell from what was presented in the trailer if it was good weird or try-hard artsy weird. And, and I'm not really sure. So this could be something, if you're a fan of horror, to keep an eye on, because especially with horror, new things are great. But my future friends, that is it for the first part of the show. Let us take our break as we hear a word or two from our good friends, and then we'll be right back with the wide releases and interesting indies. Please stay tuned. Are you looking for a nerd podcast that touches on every walk of nerd culture? Well, look no further. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is the podcast for you. We cover nerd culture, news, new movie reviews, bad movie reviews, video games, comics, with sprinkles of nerdy nostalgia throughout. Somewhat Nerdy Radio is a flagship podcast of the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. Find us on every podcast app or stream it on somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. There are several ways to raise money for a good cause. Some do it by running marathons. Some host high-dollar dinners. And some just do it by clever internetting. We here at the Watch Your Mouth Podcast employ a different approach. Wall-to-wall filthy f***ing language. Go to a grocery store, I'm like, I know exactly what I need. I get in there, I'm like, Yeah, <laughs> the f*** did I even come here for? With our charity swear jar, every f***ed up utterance from our unfettered gobs is a dime in the right direction. The motherfucker's a mouth breather. Gaming, movies, life musings, it's all here. Served on a bed of and garnished with a crown of Shut the f*** up! How the f*** did we get here? F*** all that f***ing jelly bean! So if you want to hear us do good things with bad words, check out the Watch Your Mouth podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Facebook, or online at wympodcast.com. And remember, swearing is caring, so watch your mouth. Hi, I'm Lisa. And I'm Robbie. And we host a show called We're We're Doing Doing Fine. Fine. We're friends from across the ocean. I'm from Scotland. And I'm from California. Join us every week as we chat about biscuits. You mean cookies. Brexit. Whatever's going on here. Who knows? Almost dying. Why we're single. Popular culture. And basically everything and anything that can distract us from this postmodern hellscape we're all living in. Because we're, we're doing, doing fine. fine. All right, my friends, we are back. We are back with the first wide release 
It's a Netflix original movie called Big Bug. A group of bickering suburbanites find themselves stuck together when an android uprising causes their well-intentioned household robots to lock them in for their own safety. This is a Netflix original movie from Friends. And my friends, a a couple years back, do you remember that movie I talked about that looked equal parts absurd and good called Greener Grass? It was actually from 2019, and it stars... Uh, Beck Bennett from Saturday Night Live, Neil Casey, who was in the Ghost 2016 Ghostbusters, Mary Holland, who was in Happiest Season, and it just looked really strange. And this one gives me very similar vibes, but it seems like someone in France saw the movie The Mitchells vs. The Machines, which you, if you haven't seen it, was amazing. But they saw that and went, huh, I know, I can make this really strange quirky sci-fi sex comedy about it because it seems like there's a lot of sex in the movie it just looked really strange just really really strange it could be good though it it could be one of those that just really had a trailer that did not do its service i don't want to take a risk though even though it's on netflix because there's just too much to watch out there so unfortunately my future friends big bug gets a four out of eleven Next up, my friends, another Netflix original movie, this one called Tall Girl 2. After Jodie Craman gains popularity, her miscommunications start causing rifts with those around her, and now she really needs to stand tall. <laughs> Get it? Because she's tall. And that's what the whole f***ing movie was about. Tall. This stars the returning cast of Ava Michelle, Griffin Gluck, Sabrina Carpenter, Steve Zahn, Angela Kinsey, Angelica Washington, Luke Eisner, and Kara Wilsey, and featuring John Luis Castaneos from 13 Reasons Why. I watched the first Tall Girl. It wasn't good. It also wasn't bad, per se, but even though I like Griffin Gluck because he was in American Vandal, which was a great show. Two seasons on Netflix, American Vandal was fantastic. I hated his character because his character was a stereotype from a rom-com where we have like the best friend who's in love and then she eventually realizes like, oh, I've loved you this whole time. But the whole time he'd act really jealous and kind of shitty and I I did not like that. And in this one, it seems like she's falling for this, even though they're dating, it seems like she's falling for this new cute kid that joins the school and joins a drama program, which she's part of. She's the star because she's popular. Yay for her now. And he starts getting jealous, which I can get. I I understand that. But then he says this line about, I didn't wait for so long for you. It's like, whoa, 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 buddy. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She doesn't owe you jack shit. She may not be a good main character herself, but she owes you nothing. I hope that was just a poor trailer and they just used the wrong line or used it out of context. That's what I hope. But nothing about this movie says, watch me. In fact, Tall Girl never needed a sequel. I like Steve Zahn and Griffin Gluck and Sabrina Carpenter. I'm not too familiar with her, but she was good in it. I would rather see them in other things. So Tall Girl 2, just like Big Bug, gets a 4 out of 11. And my future friends, next up we have the only limited release movie that made it into this section. It's called Cosmic Dawn. This is limited and video on demand. After witnessing the alien abduction of her mother as a child... Aurora joins the UFO cult, the Cosmic Dawn. Now moved on from the cult, Aurora is forced to confront her past and pursue the ultimate truth about the Cosmic Dawn. 
and also testing Billiam in how many times he can say Cosmic Dawn and give air quotes like he thinks people can see him. The answer is a lot. I can do it a lot. This stars Emmanuel Chiriqui from You Don't Mess With the Zohan and Aurora Camille Rowe from Deep House. And Aurora Camille Rowe is the main character, but it's just Emmanuel Chiriqui is just way more famous. So do you remember when I was talking about how Big Bug seemed really goofy? It seems like Cosmic Dawn just took a little bit of that goofiness. So we have this girl who's kind of f***ed up in the head because she was camping with her mom and f***ing aliens abducted her and no one believes her. They think she's crazy. And one day she meets this other woman who's like, oh, hey, you should read this book. And it's the book's called The Cosmic Dawn. Still doing air quotes here. And she joins this cult. But the cult isn't all it seems to be. There's more to it because it's a cult movie and they do culty stuff and it gets up for her. So part of it, when she's actually in the cult, seems like this kind of quirky goofiness. And then it gets dark. And I think it's very interesting because all of these other people have had the same experience. And the weird thing in the trailer was that the leader of the Cosmic Dawn knows details of what Aurora's mother used to say to her. So is the Cosmic Dawn a UFO cult, or is it the aliens themselves? This seems interesting, but to be honest, it seems like the type of movie to skip until it comes out on streaming, or maybe your local library gets it on DVD, or one of the lesser-known streaming services gets it. It seems like something to wait for that would be worth a watch, like, like worth an attempt. But as for paying for it right now... Look, if that sounded interesting to you, check out the trailer. And if you think, yes, this could be for me, then damn it, go out there and watch the movie. Don't let me stop you. Because I know I have started saying this a lot, but that's what I want this show to be. Even if you disagree with me, even if we have completely different movie tastes, I still want you to be able to listen to this show to find out about the movies. And you can just listen to my opinion and go, oh yeah, Billiam, you're so full of shit. I think this movie looks great. And I'd be like, yeah, fine. Great. There are very few times where I will say, no, you are wrong. <laughs> if you like something, I don't think it's happened in a while. I, I don't because I, I can't remember the last time it happened. But every once in a while, I'll go, no, no, you're wrong. If you like this, but that's so far and few in between. Don't even worry about it. But let's give a score for Cosmic Dawn. That gets a six out of 11. You know what I realized? That I do that pause when I when I do the score, which I 100% stole from Adam Sessler on X-Play. But now X-Play's back. G4 TV is back and X-Play is a show again. I would try and come up with my own shtick and not steal one that's being used this very moment, but I like doing it. I like it. My friends, next up we have a film called The Sky is Everywhere. This is a limited theatrical release, but also coming out on Apple TV+. A shy teenage musician tries to keep things together in the aftermath of her older, more outgoing sister's death. This stars Grace Kaufman from Man with a Plan, Jacques Coleman from The Society, Pico Alexander from Dickinson, Jason Siegel from How I Met Your Mother, and Cherry Jones from Signs. So The Sky is Everywhere is based on a book. On the surface, it just seems like a basic YA dromance? Rama? I don't know what you'd call a, a drama romance, but we have this girl who's grieving her sister. And because her sister dies, she loses the music. She just can't play music anymore. Then one day, a new student comes to her school. It's this beautiful man. 
this beautiful man who plays music so well, and she finds the music again. She, he helps her remember that life could be wonderful. And then as she's grieving, because he doesn't get her grief, she gets closer to her sister's boyfriend or, you know, I guess ex. Would you call it an ex if they're dead? Either way, she gets closer to her sister's boyfriend and they connect too. And yes, romantically. And yes, that's kind of f***ed up. But she's torn. It's a love triangle. But oh no, it's not between a vampire and a werewolf. No, this is between the boy who makes her feel alive again and the boy that she can grieve with. And you know what? Basing a relationship on the fact that you can grieve with someone is not the best way to start one. But this does seem like your typical YA book turned into a movie. And if you have Apple TV+, Plus, you can watch it for free. But the first thing I thought when I saw this title was this line from the show Kim's Convenience. And there's this episode during the cold open when Mr. Kim and Mr. Meta were talking. And I think they were talking about their wives or something. The two wives come in and they're trying to act like they didn't do anything. And Mr. Meta goes, look at the weather. It's everywhere. And that joke hit different when I first watched the show. And it's something that I still quote to this day with my wife. And I know that was uninteresting to you, and I apologize. But the sky is everywhere. YA romance. You know if you'll like it or not. The sky is everywhere gets a 6 out of 11. Next up, my friends, we have a movie called I Want You Back. This is an Amazon Prime original movie. Newly dumped 30-somethings, Peter and Emma team up to sabotage their ex's new relationships and win them back for good. This stars Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, Jenny Slate from Gifted, Scott Eastwood from Suicide Squad, Gina Rodriguez from Jane the Virgin, Manny Jacito from The Good Place, and Clark Bacco from Letterkenny. So we go from a typical YA romance to a typical adult rom-com. Yay! So we have these two people, Peter and Emma, who are working together to get their exes back. Hmm. Will they fall in love in the process? I, I don't know. I can't possibly guess that. I mean, who could who could guess the outcome of a movie before they even see it? That's like some sort of witchcraft. You would be burned at the stake for that. No, no, no. But if I was to guess, if I was to guess, I would say, yes, they're definitely going to end up together. And that's going to be the reason you watch this movie, because Charlie Day and Jenny Slate make this oddly cute couple. And it's easy to forget because Charlie Day's character in It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia is so weird and gross, it's easy to forget that he's actually quite handsome and charming. And even though I thought Jenny Slate's movie, The Sunlit Night, was a hot garbage, I still like her, so yay! This seems like a movie that could be very cute. It seems like it might be something I would skip, though, because it seems like there's some uh, scenes of some very awkward comedy that I'm not a fan of. Because if you don't know, if you're new, I suffer from awful, awful secondhand embarrassment. I do fast forward gigantic chunks of the 40-year-old version because I could not handle it. For something like this, my, my friend Evan uh, likes his good share of rom-coms, so I would wait for him to watch this and then have him tell me how awkward it is. But for the rest of you who are normal... This might be a movie worth your time, especially because a lot of us already have Amazon Prime or we know someone who has Amazon Prime and they're not like Netflix who really, really cracks down on how many people can use the account. So why not check this out? 
I Want You Back gets a 7 out of 11. Three movies left, my friends. And the, and the first nationwide release is called Blacklight. Travis Block is a government operative coming to terms with his shadowy past. When he discovers a plot targeting U.S. citizens, Block finds himself in the crosshairs of the FBI director he once helped protect. This stars Liam Neeson from Wolf Puncher. And no, that's not the actual name of the movie, but I think we all know what movie it is. Emmy Raver Lapman from Umbrella Academy. Aiden Quinn from Practical Magic. And Yale Stone from Orange is the New Black. So I'm not sure if that premise was entirely correct, because it seems like a big part of the movie is about him trying to find his granddaughter, because he's starting to fight against or go against the FBI. And then his daughter gets murdered and his granddaughter gets kidnapped. And so it's kind of like a very Taken-esque movie, which we really expect from Liam Neeson at this point. And you know what? Sure, do it. Because let's be honest, Liam Neeson probably should have won that 1993 Best Actor Oscar instead of Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman, because that was the year that Liam Neeson did Schindler's List. And by God, was that a good performance. I mean, nothing against Al Pacino and Scent of a Woman. I just think that Schindler's List through and through was a better movie. Why did I bring that up? I brought that up because he can do whatever he wants now. He has found his niche. His niche is basically geriatric action movies. He is 69 years old. Heh. Nice. He was in one of the greatest movies of all time. And then suddenly he blew up again when the Taken movies started coming out. And he's found that niche. He's found that corner of the market where he's like, yes, this is what I can do. So sure, do it. If you're a fan of his movies, if you're a fan of this, this is a very easy film to go watch because you know what to expect. If you're like me and you can take it or leave it, maybe you'll watch it one day. Like I watched The Walk Among the Tombstones four years after it came out, and I don't regret that. I didn't really miss anything. And I think this movie is just like that. You know who would definitely like this film? Probably your dad. Like the generic dad would like this film. But for me, my future friends, Blacklight gets a 6.5 out of 11. All right, my friends, the two big movies this week, I actually had a hard time choosing between for the pick of the week because one of them I think would be very cute, very familiar, very fun. And the other, I think, will be a better movie quality wise, but also not as fun per se as the other one. So I had a hard time with this. But I'm sorry to say the movie that did not make it as my pick of the week is called Marry Me. This is the nationwide release. Music superstars Kat Valdez and Bastion are getting married before a global audience of fans. But when Kat learns seconds before her vows that Bastion has been unfaithful, she decides to marry Charlie, a stranger in the crowd instead. This stars Jennifer Lopez from In Living Color. Yeah, she was in that, remember? Owen Wilson from Anaconda. Musician Maluma, that's not his name, he's, his name is Maluma and he's a musician. Sarah Silverman from School of Rock, Chloe Coleman from Gunpowder Milkshake, John Bradley from Game of Thrones, and Utkarsh Ambudkar from Blind Spotting. Alright my friends, let's be honest, be honest with me, be honest with yourselves right now. How many of you have cheesy J-Lo rom-coms as a guilty pleasure? I know I do. This looks so cute. It looks so cute, so predictable, so fun, so enjoyable. Because we have this guy named Charlie who didn't even want to go to this concert 
but his friend got tickets and his daughter really wants to go. So he's like, okay, I'll go with you guys. And Sarah Silverman has to go do something really quick. So he's left holding a sign that says, marry me. JLo sees him out there and goes, yes, yes, I will. She invites him up on stage and the pastor does it. And he goes, will you, do you stranger take her to be your lovely wedded wife? And he's like, yeah, okay, I will. And I wonder, will they actually fall in love? Yes. Okay. I'm not, I'm not going to play that game again. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that again. Yes, they will. Obviously. And what's great about this is Owen Wilson is so good at playing just a regular dude that you can really resonate with, that you can just understand that you can get and support. And Jennifer Lopez has this wonderful ability to be very likable, whether she's just Jenny from the block or if she's some huge superstar, famous person in whatever movie she's doing, you just support her. And so these two put together is a great combination. And you know what? It's been a while. It's been a while since we got a JLo rom-com. Because second act had some romance in it, but it really wasn't a rom-com per se. But who can forget Made in Manhattan? Come on. Jennifer Lopez is someone who has endured. Do you remember when it was a big joke? Like, who's she going to marry next? Who's in line? Oh, it's this famous person? Oh, how's, how long is it going to last? Like, she's gone through so much ridicule and always 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 coming out on top and what's great about her in movies is that she knows her skill she knows what she's good at and she sticks to it and this is one of those characters that she's good at and i didn't say it like that just to try and slight her i i do think she's very talented but part of talent is knowing your limitations this movie looks so good it does it doesn't look great. It doesn't look like something super memorable, but it just looks cute. It looks cute and enjoyable and something perfect for the upcoming Valentine holiday. It looks like something perfect to take your loved one to if you're into that, or maybe even to wait and own on your shelf so you can bring it out when you're feeling romantic. I think this is going to be a good movie and it stars two proven actors. This is a sure bet. If you're into rom-coms, marry me. It's a nine out of 11. And finally, my future friends, we have the pick of the week, which is another nationwide release called Death on the Nile. While on vacation on the Nile, Hercule Poirot must investigate the murder of a young heiress. And for the actors, I'm going to do it in order in which they appeared at the end of the trailer. So this stars Tom Bateman from Murder on the Orient Express. Annette Benning from The American President, the star of the movie and also the director himself, Kenneth Branagh from Murder on the Orient Express, Russell Brand from Arthur, Ali Fazal from Furious 7, Don French from The Vicar of Dibley, Gal Gadot from Date Night, yeah, she was in that, Army Hammer from Call Me By Your Name, Rose Leslie from Game of Thrones, Emma McKay from Sex Education, Sophie Okonedo from Hotel Rwanda, Jennifer Saunders from Absolutely Fabulous, and Letitia Wright from Black Panther. The good news about this is if you didn't like Kenneth Branagh's Murder on the Orient Express, you know to stay away from this, because it looks like it's more of the same. It's another movie based on an Agatha Christie book about Hercule Poirot, and it looks like it's done with the same style and everything that was so interesting and familiar about the first movie. If you love a whodunit, and if you liked the first one, this is a sure bet. And I think this is going to be a better quality movie for the theater, which remember is a big reason why I pick a pick of the week. 
Will it benefit from the theater experience? Marry Me will be just as good, just as cute on the small screen. Death on the Nile will benefit more from that big screen. Hell, even if you want to see that Liam Neeson Blacklight movie, it's still not the kind of action movie that would really explode on the big screen. It's more of a Taken-esque movie where it's fine at home. So this is the movie to watch this week. That is a good cast, too. That is a really good cast. And I think that that is Kenneth Branagh's strength, especially with the last one, of putting together this super cast that actually works, that you understand it, you know why he picked who he picked. And of course, Poirot is the main character and is going to get more screen time than everyone else, but no one else really outshines the others. They, they all feel equal, just like how they could all equally be the killer. I've actually never seen Death on the Nile by uh, David Suchet, who's arguably the most famous Poirot, so I will be surprised by the ending. And I hope that Kenneth Branagh does at least one or two more of these. A trilogy would be nice. Four or five, actually, would even make a nice set. But three, three might be the best one. He can do one more after this, and then that's his Poirot trilogy. This is going to be a very reliable movie, especially if you saw the first one, so you know if it's your jam or not. For me, this is 100% my jam. I like Kenneth Branagh for the most part. He directed and produced Artemis Fowl, which was awful. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. But then he can also do something like Murder on the Orient Express, which was very good. He did the 1993 Much Ado About Nothing. He did Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, 1996's Hamlet. He is a good director and also a good actor. And I'm going to end this before I start talking myself in circles. This is the movie to watch this week. So let me wrap this up with my bill score for this. Death on the Nile gets a 9 out of 11. So my future friends, thank you for tuning in. As always, I really appreciate it and it still blows my mind that I even get a handful of listeners still. It, it blows my mind that anyone hears this show and goes, yeah, more of that, please. Because I do have friends that listen to the show and enjoy it and who would very well tell me if they hated it and I trust them. So I must be doing something right. But remember, my friends, if you see something this week, tell me what you see. Reach out. Do you fully disagree with me with, with something I say? Let me know. Be nice, please, but let me know. I am more than down to have a conversation about movies with any of you, or just tell me your thoughts on something. I will be here, and I will see you next week, but until then, don't forget to check out the other great show in the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network, Somewhat Nerdy Radio. Also check out our good friends, the Watch Mouth Podcast, and we're doing fine with Robbie and Lisa. If you need to contact me, please do so. On Twitter, you can reach me at FutureFlixPod. On Instagram, billiam somewhat nerdy follow me on letterboxd billiam somewhat nerdy there as well email me heck you can email me to billiamreviews at gmail.com and one more time before i go thank you all for giving this show a listen i'll see you in the future